0: Hello friends, we are very quickly rolling up on the coming week for the NHL draft, which will take place on July 7th and 8th, and for the Winnipeg Jets, this is going to be an extraordinarily pivotal time. Maybe we see some trades, maybe we see some roster movement, maybe Winnipeg finally brings in some top-tier talents. We're going to go through all of the discussions surrounding this draft and also talk about a trade that occurred earlier uh, on Wednesday that might set part of the market. We'll talk about the impacts, including how this might shape the Jets' trades, all coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. For Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello friends and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HL. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode, but most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, on tonight's episode, I thought that there were a couple of very uh, interesting topics to go through. Um, There was actually a trade on Wednesday, which uh, I I think caught some folks by surprise because it moved very quickly, and uh, the player in question was Kevin Fiala, who had been linked to Ottawa and New Jersey, and he didn't end up with either of those teams, so... Uh, a very interesting trade. We'll talk about how this might impact at least some of the market and if this will Im- impact the Jets as well. And also talk about some interest in Pierre-Luc Dubois from the New York Rangers. Why are the Rangers interested? Is this even a fit? Uh, and what could the Jets even get in a trade if they were looking to actually deal with the Rangers? And then closing us out, uh, I, I kind of wanted to revisit like two prospects that I think might be available where the Jets are picking at 30th overall. We'll talk about these two folks and maybe why one of them is actually an interesting option pending who is available at 14th overall if the jets really want to swing for the fences and go for an extremely high risk potentially high upside player but first let's start off with the kevin fiala trade so uh this one kind of came uh i wouldn't say out of nowhere uh minnesota had been communicating for a while that you know fiala was definitely on the board and that you know with uh, his contract expiring soon Um, him needing a pretty significant raise and the wild not having the cap or the interest in reciting him well you know it was sort of a natural thing that they were going to have to jettison his rights and let him move to another squad he's uh, turning 26 pretty soon and obviously you know given his 85 point season you're looking at a guy who's about to get somewhere around seven to eight million per season if not a little bit more by you know six or seven years so Obviously, that's a pretty big contract, and in fact, the actual final contract was $7.9 million by, I believe, seven years, but the team that actually pulled the trigger on the deal, I think, caught a lot of folks by surprise. This was the LA Kings, who sent a, a 19th overall pick from this year's draft, and uh, Brock Faber to the Minnesota Wild. And, you know, the, the reactions to the trade, I would say, were probably a little bit mixed Uh, Some people felt L.A. was maybe not really making the best choice here. Others felt like the Wild kind of got fleeced. And, you know, there was like a third middle road option where it's like, well, actually, all things considered, both teams probably did pretty okay. So I I think in terms of my perspective. um, Given Fiala's talent and what he can bring in the season that he's had and, you know, his priors. I do feel like the price tag itself, it it wasn't like a super, super trade. I think the Wild did all right. Uh, Brock Faber is kind of like one of those two-way defensive-y types that probably will fit in quite well with the Wild. They really love guys who are more conservative, a little bit safer, but are capable of being effective puck movers. Um, Somebody said that his college profile kind of matches some of what we heard about uh, Dylan Sandberg. So... If that's sort of his upside and he becomes like a solid second-pairing defender, I think that that's pretty okay. And 19th overall this year, it's not, let's be real, it's not going to be, you know, like an amazing world-changing pick. But I think because of the uncertainty around the top end of this draft and, you know, quite honestly, the wild-card nature of a lot of these prospects, it might mean that somebody very interesting drops to 19th overall and you actually get somebody who eventually blossoms into a gem of a player so for the wild given that they probably wouldn't have all that many great trade options i have to say it's not the worst i i do think that they maybe were a little bit premature in their decision and i don't think the return is like astounding but overall you know given the circumstances and the fact that the wild kind of put themselves in this position already to uh you know jettison fiala for not that much it it is what it is right uh, as far as LA is concerned, I think that they did a great job here. Obviously, they just added a ton of goal scoring and playmaking ability up front. This is not a Kings team that has a lot of it. And he's kind of at the age where he's still in his prime, and you still get a, a pretty good amount of value for the duration of most of his contract. So, yeah, I think uh, I think the Kings were really smart here. They gave up stuff from like a position of strength. They obviously have tons of futures, especially on the back end. So, you know, prospect D, who's probably not slotting in anywhere above, like, the second or third pairing, I think that they can live with that. You know, the 19th overall pick, also not something that I, that I think LA is particularly worried about. So you're getting a really guaranteed asset. And if you want to speed up the rebuild because, you know, they've already made the postseason and they have that taste of glory, this would be a good way to kind of kickstart off the process as they retool on the fly. But as far as the rest of the trade market is concerned, I don't know how much Fiala is really going to set the price because his circumstances, I think, were a little bit unique. Uh, Obviously, he was due for a pretty sizable raise, uh, and he's getting closer to uh, undrafted or or unrestricted free agent status, which obviously is, you know, for a lot of teams, not always the most comfortable of, of moments to find yourself in. And so, given the wild, we're kind of trying to get rid of him. I actually think the trade price probably was pretty decent. And if, you know, the Jets were trying to trade, somebody like Pierre luc Dubois, I do think that the trade package would be considerably larger. I, I think Fiala went for a modest price, but I think it you know a lot of it is dependent on Minnesota like just trying to dump him and you know that was all things considered like I said not a bad return. Uh, I think that they could have maybe done a little bit better if they tried to um, leverage some teams against one another but you know uh, Garen himself said he, he wasn't really interested in doing all of that and just took what he thought was a fair initial offer. So yeah, a very interesting first trade. This is probably just going to be the first of many as we roll into this upcoming week or so. And as they roll in, we'll give you some thoughts on the returns um, and and how this might actually shape the Jets. But you know, the one trade that this probably will impact for Winnipeg is any sort of Pierre-Luc Dubois move. And we'll talk about some of the rumors that popped up today in, in just a little bit, because I do think, obviously, You've been plugged into social media. You might have heard about the Rangers expressing interest in Dubois, but where did this come from and why? We'll think about those reasons in just a little bit, but before we go any further, I did want to shout out our wonderful partners at BetOnline.net. They're your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. They've got all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news ranging from NHL offseason updates to Major League Baseball scores and everything in between. If you're into European football, they've also got futures and odds, same for American football, NFL style, uh, F1 racing, NASCAR. They've even got Triple Crown coverage when the Triple Crown rolls around again. Golf, if you're into golf. Every sport that you can imagine, they've got you covered. And if you're not into sports, no problem. They've also got uh, Vegas casino games because some of you probably aren't that interested in sports betting, but hey, you still want to have the Vegas casino experience. online is there for you with all the games you can possibly imagine. Getting started really couldn't be easier. Just go to betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device, and you'll be able to check out all the news, league updates, podcasts, and uh, live scores in esports you could possibly handle. So get started today, because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome to uh, tonight's episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for tuning in for the first discussion, talking about the Kevin Fiala trade, we do have some conversations to go through now about Pierre-Luc Dubois because there were some updates about his status and a team expressing interest in trading for him. Before we get to that, though, I don't want to shout out uh, actually all of you. I just wanted to say again, thank you so much for you know making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. While you're here, I did want to also mention that we do have upcoming draft coverage. I don't know right now if I'm going to be live next week uh, after the draft pick occurs, Ideally, I might be able to be, but uh, I don't know my schedule that far out yet. So um, we're going to treat it like I I don't quite have that planned out yet. So uh, again, you know, the the NHL draft is right around the corner and our team of local hosts and draft experts are breaking it down with insights and analysis for every first round pick. And guess what? The Jets are going to have two of them. So, uh, you know, I'll I'll be on when I can and probably will have something at least pre-recorded if we don't go live right after the picks. Um, You can subscribe to locked on Winnipeg Jets on YouTube for all the latest breakdowns on the draft and much more. And if I can go live 15 minutes after you'll get some uh, live notifications as like, as I go to YouTube and give you some really uh, live impressions of how the Jets have handled this. And, you know, hopefully, you know, the, the two prospects that they pick are going to be good ones. But in the meantime, you know, the Jets have some bigger issues to deal with. One of them is figuring out what to do with Pierre-Luc Dubois. And it was reported today from a, fr- a French-speaking uh, outlet, RDS, up in Montreal. Obviously, this is a very big group, and they noted that uh, the New York Rangers are expressing interest in making a deal for Dubois. And the way that they described it, based on the wording they used, was that they're negotiating around the parameters of the trade. So basically, I would probably interpret this as Chris Droridou's doing his uh, his due diligence. I think... On the face of it, it's a good fit if you don't think about the cap. Dubois is obviously a really good center and would immediately slot into their top six. They have a number of features that they could offer the Jets, maybe one of their players like Philippe Hedl or Capocacco, guys who are pretty good uh, and, and maybe have some significant upside, but you know, both are due for a raise. and Pierre-Luc Dubois, I, I feel, is just better than both of them, a little bit more well-balanced. And Dubois, frankly, brings some unique physical traits and skills that neither Heedle nor Kako possess. But that doesn't mean that I would say long-term they don't become his equal. I just feel like in the immediate present, you know, uh, you're talking about Dubois, who is probably the best player among all three. And I think it's by a decent margin. Now, that said, I think Hedl would be very interesting for me uh, to come back in this deal. I think Philip has a lot of uh, increasingly... um, apparent offensive potential. We saw it when he was playing with the Hartford Wolfpack ages ago. And as he started to find his footing in the NHL, his scoring ability, his slot offense, and his skill and elusiveness in the slot have really started to show and bear fruit. So very exciting player. Um if he were to come along with like a second or a first round pick, I think the Jets would definitely be listening. Kako is a little bit of an interesting one because, you know, he is Maybe a little bit underwhelming so far in his early returns, but I feel like that's just kind of maybe an issue with how the Rangers have handled young prospects. It's not always been a smooth process with them, so Kako's upside might still have a a lot of room for growth. And if he comes to the Jets, I think he would probably have a pretty good uh, development track, I I hope. Um, The Jets, I can't say, are uh, that much better at handling young prospects, but maybe Winnipeg surprises me. We all know, though, that with like finished wingers, it's not always been the smoothest of transitions. So, Dubois, I think, you know, there is a fit there in terms of like a return and stuff. But ultimately, I think this might be more of a ploy to try and push Montreal to bid up uh, for Dubois because I think the Habs are the only team right now that Dubois even really wants to go to. And they also have one of the few roster situations. Where they can probably fit his contract extension, which has got to be like seven and a half to eight million by like six or seven years, similar to what Fiala got, maybe a little bit more. So, uh, given that perspective, I think, you know, Montreal, it's interesting that the Jets would try to push them because Montreal is run by Jeff Gordon, who used to run the the Rangers. So, I can't really imagine that this ploy is going to work out, but hey, you never know. Maybe the Rangers really are interested. Whatever the case may be, we're going to know soon enough because I do think Dubois probably isn't long for the Jets. Uh, If you have somebody who has already expressed a willingness to go to free agency, well, it would be then uh, a time to really start considering your options, especially the one that starts with a T and ends with a, a raid. So, yeah, not a great time for Jets fans, but hopefully the return for either Dubois or any of the other players that they move is good and can help us bring in some really good draft talent. Now, speaking of draft talent, I wanted to close out tonight's episode with some thoughts on two players that I've talked about previously, but uh, Will Scouching uh, finally put out some really good updates on his, his thoughts on these two players, and I think that it has given a little bit more insight into why I am particularly high on one and not as high on the other. We'll talk about these two in just a little bit right after the break. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. I wanted to cap off this episode with some NHL prospect talk, in particular two that I've addressed earlier, uh, just from earlier reports and some footage that I found. And now we have a more complete picture, thanks to Scouting, who's done a really good job comp- uh, composing a couple of YouTube videos. Highly recommend that you check out his Scouting reports. Uh, They are awesome. You can find them on YouTube and they just give you such detailed insights and microstats tracking into what makes some of these players tick and really breaks down whether their techniques and outcomes are actually successful and room for improvement. So the two players that I'm interested in are Brad Lambert and Connor Geeky, because I feel like both are going to be available at uh, all of Winnipeg's first round picks. Um, Lambert would probably be more likely to go somewhere in the first, like first half of the picks. Whereas Connor Geeky is kind of more of like a late, uh, late first, maybe early second kind of pick. Um, but Lambert for me is the more exciting of the two. I really like Brad. And I think that, you know, he has a lot of untapped potential in terms of like raw tools in his edge work, his explosiveness, his scoring ability, his vision, his slot attacking ability, There aren't many players who can do the amount that he does while spearheading transition and creating tons of dangerous opportunities for his teammates. And the reason that I think things kind of fell apart when he switched from Ivascula to um, Lati in Liga was if you look at Lati and how they organize, I think Scouging pulled together some really good footage that that shows just honestly Lati does not give um, Lambert a lot of support. I think Brad, to some degree, has a tendency to maybe try to do too much himself. You know, he is like a really dominant puck carrier, and you can kind of see him try to create a ton of stuff. And sometimes I feel like his decision-making is a little bit naive, which, I mean, he's a kid, right? You would expect this. And I think he also recognized that lati lot of skaters are a little bit stagnant. They don't put themselves in really good positions. They don't get into good passing or shooting lanes. And so I think Brad maybe tried to do too much himself. Uh, And oftentimes he would turn the puck over, maybe he would have a little bit too much, um, I would say, fanciness in his game, looking for that amazing, super dangerous pass, rather than just trying to keep the puck moving, cycle it effectively, and keep zone possession, which, you know, could create a counter the other way, and, you know, I I can see why that would kind of irritate people, and I'm sure it is frustrating, but the raw tool sets that he has to be a completely dominant offensive dynamo, especially as a center, I just feel like are too good to pass up. You know, among the guys in this first round, I feel like his, his upside is probably darn near the top. Um, there's a reason at one point why he was hailed as a top three pick a couple of years ago, and I still think that he has the ability to be somebody whose ceiling is at that level, even if you know, there are some legitimate questions with this game. I've been a big believer in him for a long time. I think that he's like an extremely exciting talent. And I think for the Jets, he would add another really dynamic Nikolai Ehlers-like presence, even if maybe it'll take some more time for him to develop those skill sets. And he still has to work on some of his defensive presences. But, you know, I don't know where he'll slip to. I I don't think he's going to go top 10. I could definitely see him in the 11 to 20 range. If he somehow gets to 30, I'm like banging on my desk, for the Jets to make the, the pick. I, I don't think they will, but he is somebody that if you have that 30th overall pick or something, like there's just no question. If he's on the board, you got to take him. I think that he presents one of the highest upside prospects. And I think the Jets would be crazy to let him go after that. Now, the other prospect is Connor geeky. And I think geeky, you know, that Winnipeg connection is definitely playing into the talk around him. I like geeky in some ways. I think that his passing and vision are really good. And he's just a very, uh, I would say a well-rounded center. Not somebody who I think has like crazy crazy skill sets. You're not going to see him deeking and dangling around people. He's very tall for one thing and very I would say not bulky, um not clunky either. I just don't think that he's got like a lot of agility and especially in tight spaces. I don't think you'll see him uh really deftly carving through defenders. I think his game is more predicated on just trying to be a controlling presence, like a big quarterback, somebody who, you know, tries to settle a touch, tries to keep the puck moving cleanly, isn't really looking for the craziest, craziest opportunities, but because of him getting so many touches and just sort of, you know, cleanly playing passes out to to his line mates, he actually creates a lot of dangerous chances. And because of his size, he can be difficult to get off the puck. And so While I don't think that he's particularly fast or, again, really crazy, he kind of has like a more direct north-south style of game, I still think that with time and development, he could blossom into a really interesting middle-six center. The problem is is that's probably what he tops out as. I think the high-end elite mobility and skill that would kind of put him in an echelon above that, I just don't think those are things you can really coach. Um, I do think that his decision-making is fine enough. But like his defensive reads, you know, how he tries to position himself in the neutral zone and along the the defensive blue line, it, it's not always the best. And because of his size and occasional, I would say awkwardness in handling the puck and, and you know creating transition breakouts. I don't know if he's the kind of guy that I would really be super excited about as high as fourteenth overall. If you got him at thirtieth overall, I think you're getting a pretty high floor, uh lower ceiling sort of player, which is not the worst outcome. It's just you know, I would rather this year the Jets really focus on fast skill, less so big, slower size. It's not that Geeky doesn't have skill. It's more like it's just he lacks that technical flair to really elevate his game beyond just being competent. And unless his development track really changes, I think he'll probably be like a, a third line center or maybe like a more defensively oriented fourth liner. That's not a bad thing. I mean, you're you're looking to get actual NHL games out of these guys but it's just considering who will probably be available in the late first round or whatever. I just wouldn't go for that pick unless nobody better is available. So I'd be curious to know your thoughts on this. Obviously a lot of you have probably been reading up on more prospects and trying to get a better sense because uh, you know, now that we have two picks, there is a, a wide open ocean and this year's draft has been very hard to figure out any sort of consensus. No one seems to agree and all the rankings are just all over the place. So I think Winnipeg is going to walk away with two really good prospects. I think the biggest question is just how talented and how uh, much of a project are they going to be for Winnipeg to develop, and can the Jets actually turn them into productive players? But again, let me know your thoughts on these guys or other prospects that you're interested in, or if you want me to spotlight anyone and do some more digging, I'd be happy to do that. Comment at HLivingLoco and LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. And in the YouTube comments below, let me know what prospects you would be interested in hearing about, and I will do my due diligence as best as I can and give you some insights into whoever you're interested in. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. As always, we really love and appreciate your support and uh, look forward to delivering delivering to you some really cool draft coverage and uh, free agent slash offseason coverage throughout the next couple of weeks. But again, for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Have a great night, and as always, Go Jets Go!